0: it's the score north twin show
1: reckless speculation. oh I, I screwed up the timing i'm sorry i think that was let's pretty, let's do it again that wasn't bad that wasn't bad no I, I, oh there we go reckless oh. speculation yes and happy winter meetings week everybody Last night, Sunday night, is usually, that's the day where all of Major League Baseball executives, agents, scouts, even like the media side of things, so writers and radio people, and they they have like a radio row of baseball shows and sports talk shows and stuff. Everyone gathers in a new warm location every year. Sometimes it's San Diego, sometimes it's Dallas, it's been in Orlando before. And this year, we're back in Nashville. Well, we aren't in Nashville. We're just speculating from afar here. Reckless speculation. But we have a jam-packed, hot stove, Score North Twin show for you guys. And the Twins are on the grid. The Twins are on the grid. This is a great day to be a Twins fan listening to this podcast.
2: Nice. I haven't looked yet.
1: I'll give you one hint for you to think about. Twins Pirates. Oh. Some real fun. Sure, a lot of historical been there
2: twins. I think we, we have. I think mm-hmm. we've been. This might be the, the third time
1: I think that we've done twins yeah. pirates before. Okay, and we've learned. We've learned a few. But we'll do that later in the show. We'll do twins on the grid here. The uh, twins transactions scoreboard. We're keeping track who has left the twins and who has joined the twins. It's still really early in the off season here, and this is a big week for transactions to happen. So we'll see. But to this point the best twins team in 20 years in terms of accomplishments has lost their number one or like one B starter, Sonny gray. They've lost Kent De Maeda good rotation piece and Emilio Pagan, one of the best relievers from last year. And also Michael a Taylor is a free agent. So right now he's gone. Donnie barrels is a free agent. One of your key right-handed bats. He's gone. Joy Gallo addition by subtraction. Those guys are all gone as of right now. And the incoming scoreboard is crickets so far. This are you guys zero. nervous at all here? Are you are you nervous or calm going into Winter
2: Meetings week? I'm calm at this point. I'm calm because I I don't know if it's worth being ner- nervous about until we actually see it shake out. Um there are definitely some areas where I w- would like to see a mad, but you know, being completely honest with what they've said about their plan is uh, I'm a little bit resigned too. Not that I'm going to be happy about being resigned but I'm a little bit resigned like when you tell me we're going to have to cut payroll and and you give a pretty wide um a wide area of what that might be when you're talking about cutting from what 50 plus million dollars uh I'm curious but I'm also not expecting a ton and we can address that if we get to a point where it's very clear that they we're going to bring the payroll down to let's say I don't know 25 million dollars or something like that
1: i would say uh, 100 antsy. 125 right 100, 125 so, yep oh, i was right. like whoa what, what nope. report did you read I 125 the cheap, million the are cheap nope, my bad. How che-
2: 125 okay it's a monday i misspoke
0: yeah i would say antsy i'm antsy mm. not not like on pins and needles necessarily but i'm just like i'm ready for something to take place here whether that's the trade uh i know they probably aren't going to like be big just free agent spenders which i totally get but I would like something to happen. It's time to make some type of move happen. You let your best starting pitcher just walk away in free agency. I would like something else to uh, to get some excitement here instead of just waiting on pins and needles for anything to happen. So get something done. Get something done, please.
1: It It kind of feels like, though, the entire baseball world is waiting for Shohei Otani to sign. Cause, and I guess I guess we could... I've got the Shohei stuff uh, in in kind of a different bin for us to get to here, like the latest big news coming out of the winter meetings. But just to bring it to the surface, that's a half-billion-dollar budget of money that like five or six teams are still trying to figure out if they have to do a lot for it. So one, I think once... And it sounds like that move could happen in the next week. Like John Morose, he's saying... He, there, there's, there's two different things here. Number one... Shohei Otani and his camp aren't providing a ton of information. And, like, they're not really, they're, you know, like with uh, with with some of the American or Dominican or Venezuelan, like the traditional free agents in baseball where there's information pipelines that run through agents, it sounds like Shohei's camp is not part of that information pipeline. So even, the like, the best baseball insiders, the Ken Rosenthal's and the John Hayman's are kind of like, I mean, I heard the Cubs are in and, like, the wow. Dodgers, but we don't really know what this guy's thinking or where he wants to live or what he wants to do, and it's going to be a half-billion-dollar
2: contract. So I want the mystery yeah. team, damn it. Everyone has a mystery team. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a mystery team. That's my agree, favorite dude. part. But the, the one thing baseball's got more than any other sport, is the mystery team. The mystery I saw team. there was somebody out there last night. Oh, who was it? There's a free agent out there last night who all, all of a sudden it came across X that there's also a mystery team. You know what the mystery team is? That's
1: the Pirates music! Oh my That's God.
2: The, pirates. the Pirates! You know what in. the mystery team is? Let me talk to you! It's the greatest rope-a-dope of all time. It's telling the real teams. You oh, no, hold on a second here. The no, Reds are coming out of the this. The, don't I, hush, hush. But the mystery team, Reno. In.
1: It's the Reno Aces. It's a triple A team. Oh my god!
2: It's like a Scooby Doo. It's always like the mystery team. The mystery van's going to pull the up and Cincinnati take this play away. Cincinnati Reds.
0: Who would have thought that? Uh,
2: yeah. Let's oh, see who this off. really is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just pulls the ski mask off. Yeah um let's start let's start with a byron buxton update here because i know judd loves byron buxton updates and we have one here from lavelle e neal the third and then we'll kind of work our way through pictures that are that there's some some movement on here we'll see if the twins if it makes sense for somebody's but on, on buxton so twins fans have received some positive news on the status of byron buxton according to lavelle e neal the third of the star tribute he reports buxton is fully recovered from the arthroscopic knee surgery he underwent back in october and adds that team officials are pleased with Buxton's progress and that the goal for the 29-year-old is for him to return to baseball activities by the end of the 2023 calendar year, so by the end of December here. It's a promising update, particularly in tandem with recent comments from Derek Falvey that indicated the club hopes to return Byron Buxton to center field for the 2024 season.
2: I I hope it's something. I really do. Until I see it, and until I see it for a very extended period, though, you guys, I feel like I've read this before. I feel like I've read this before several times. It's the reoccurring Byron Buxton off-season update, which gives you hope, and then you get to spring training, and there might be a plan there. Or you try him to eat. look. I feel you know. just just to be very clear here, because because I feel like people think I want people to fail, and I don't. That is not what sports dad why do does. You think, why do you think? <laughs> well, like I feel that? like people think I pile on guys like Buxton like unfairly. I feel bad for the dude. Okay, I just want to make this very clear. I've said this a thousand times. He's not dogging it. He has a chronically bad knee. Okay. Yeah. So so what Lavelle is being told is probably the biggest the greatest hope which is that this eventually works or, or what's left of it can work, but I'm not buying anything on the Byron Buxton story until I actually see it for again, an extended period. Cause I don't know, given what's been said about the knee previously, I don't know. I don't know that you can fix it. I think you can probably mend it for a period of time, but I don't know that you can fix it.
0: Yeah. I think the tough part there is, We've heard him have surgeries before. We've heard him get healthy, and then spring training rolls around, and something weird happens, or we don't don't want to play him in the field, and you just want to DH him. Until spring training happens, and God willing, there's no freak accident where he twists a leg wrong or runs into the wall wrong or whatever they want to do with him to keep him on the field. Like Until we see that all play out, it's great. I'm, I'm glad he's healthy, obviously. I'm glad the surgery went well. There was no setback, but until... Actually, we see him on the field in spring training or we just know the planks. Hell, he might not play the field. So as lo- until we know what the actual plan is with Byron Buxton, uh, I can't really uh, get too excited about offseason medical update headlines.
1: Yeah, is there I mean, to that point, is there any update you could get? And this is a good update, right? the The, the update is basically he's alive after surgery and and the knee didn't get worse. That's pretty much the update. And we're hoping that he can start, like, swinging a bat in a cage and doing some, like, baseball jogging at the end of December. Right. Which, that's good. That's a good update. 100%. But is there any update that can come through the Star Tribune or the Athletic or, who you know, whoever would be reporting on this between now and the start of the season that would get you really excited about, yep, okay, this is the year, man. Like, I am confident he's going to play 120 games and he's going to be the center fielder, right? Like, you, you have to see it. Yeah, You have to, June is like the earliest that we would feel, okay, okay, we've made it through a couple months. He's not playing every day, but he's out there, right? I mean, I'm, unless I'm wrong on this, there's nothing they can say that will make you feel confident right now.
2: What What's the old saying that George Bush got mocked for? Fool me once, shame on you. F- <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me. Won't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. I feel like we're there. <laughs> I feel like we're there. I, You know, going back to the the... Mackie and Judge show on AM 1500 ESPN. We used to have this discussion. And at that time I was like, oh, okay. You know, he's still young enough. Oh yeah. He'll be fine now. You know, just <laughs> the, the phase of just don't crash into walls. Right? Like, like we've been through yeah. the, it's, it's the stages of Byron Buxton grief. We've been through like six of them. So no, there's nothing that could be, and I don't blame people for reporting. What's being told. So, so like, this is not, a knock on the yeah. Lavelles and Dan Hayes I would report the same exact thing, but nothing's going to give me hope until what you said, which is you're sitting there on June 15th and nothing's gone wrong. And he's playing on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. You, you, you really actually, I'll, I'll add this color here too, uh, from MLB trade rumors. They just kind of, so they take the information and say, okay, so here's where Buxton's at. And then they give you the, here's some other options sort of paragraph. Uh, the club's options in center field, should Buxton be unable to handle full-time duties, are uh, limited to utility players on the roster like Willie Castro and Nick Gordon. I mean, Nick Gordon is still on the team, and he has played center field. He was a former top-five overall pick. He's not anything that we've talked a lot about, but in the spirit of saving money and not going out and paying like $15 million or twelve for a Kevin Kiermaier, you know Nick Gordon's name probably makes some sense here. Like we like this this show has spent more time on Austin Martin than Nick Gordon, but Nick Gordon's name pops up here. Michael A. Taylor, Kevin Kiermeier, and Harrison Bader could also be options in free agency, albeit probably more on that like eight to fifteen dollar uh, fifteen million dollar a year level. And then due to salary issues, the club could be relegated to lower tier free agents such as Kevin Pillar, who like four years ago, I think I Kevin would like Pillar that. would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, I he agree. is, you want to talk about guys who can't get on base. I think he had an on-base percentage of like 250 or something last year. Uh, or trade candidates like Trent Grisham, Padres, uh, or Dylan Carlson, Cardinals. Now, those are two former first-round picks that are like in their mid-20s, they're team control guys. They wouldn't be great starting center fielders for you know 130 games but if you needed just like a quality fourth outfielder with some upside of being a former first round pick yep you could do worse than trent grisham and dylan carlson but Buxton, here's another thought too like i don't want the dh thing to happen again with buxton didn't work you either need to find a way to put him in the outfield a corner spot center wherever it may be right or if you need to get him a first baseman's glove j- like just to make sure that D.H. isn't the only option because then you're stuck trying to get his bat going. And if it's not going, then he has to sit on the bench. and, And you've just got too many guys that you need to slide around. You like to platoon as a lineup, too. So you need that flexibility to be able to go lefty righty. And I just I can't go into another season with him locked in as the D.H. I'm sorry.
2: I'd rather take a chance with his knees by playing him in the outfield than I would to accept the D.H. thing, which A, didn't work. And B, if that's his role, like in the big picture, and I know that they got a reasonable contract because of the fact that there was injury concern, but if that is Buxton's role, what's the real value? Like he's so, it's so minimized. I would say, look, if you decide, and this could be the case, he cannot play center field consistently or perhaps at all. I would put him in right field and say, let's try to make this work. I just don't think the DH, I don't know what the value is there. I don't think he's, and, and there's a lot of guys that aren't good DHs that need to play, and he is probably one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also will say this. If Nick Gordon ends up being any type of choice in center field in 2024, I will lose it. I will absolutely yeah. lose it. I mean, it is. It's not acceptable to me.
1: It's possible, though, because okay. you think about you think about right now where they're at and they're they're trying to they're trying to simultaneously cut like 30 million off their payroll or whatever it is. And fill two starting pitcher roles and maybe a bullpen. But spot, then you're not right? serious. And,
2: In my opinion, if you do that, just tell me that, that you're not serious at all about trying to contend again or at least at the very least build on what you did in 2023.
0: I think if if Nick Gordon's brought back in the Nick Gordon role where he's like your super utility player like mm-hmm. I'm not going to lose sleep over that, but if he's Correct. your if he's your opening day and everyday center fielder then I would have some pause to that.
1: It would be, I think it would be painted as Byron Buxton is your opening yes. day center fielder, but we've got Nick yes. Gordon and then Austin Martin and then, which by the way, like if your plan is, hey, Buxton feels as good as he's felt in two or three years, we're we're all gonna give this a go. But come first of May, if if you know his knee is just not reacting, whatever it may be, one of either Nick Gordon or Austin Martin can come in here and play some center field. And then there's like if they keep Willie Castro on the team, I don't love it. I'd rather just go out and grab. I mean, Kevin, I'm on the record. I know he's a left handed hitter, and you 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 got way too many left handed hitters. Kevin Kiermaier would be such a great just starting center fielder for this team, two year contract, $20, $30 million. And then Buxton, then Buxton can play some outfield. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would, I would begin the transition, put him in right field, like have him roam around a smaller area of pasture, have Kiermaier in center field. But, you know, I don't know if that aligns with their financial plan here this offseason.
2: I just can't. I can't accept, like, if, if Austin Martin's prepared to play there, okay, I get that. But I'm just saying if this becomes a, Buxton's going to start on opening day, and then, shockingly, you get to April 17th, and something's gone wrong, and now it becomes just this, you know, Gordon, and then we're going to try Martin, and, hey, we got Willie Castro, we love Willie. That's where I don't, that's where, I mean, how long did it take them? And I know that Taylor is not a great player he's damn good in the outfield though but how long did it take them to finally take our suggestion that you need a real capable but basically a 1B it can't just be like oh we got this uh we got this variety pack of center fielders that we can bring in, if Buxton is not, we could go to the liquor store and get our variety pack, and then it's like, I yeah, make it but sound like it's not. You good. make it
1: sound like they specifically took our recommendation. How dare I was they the not guy, listen? I was the guy on the Judd and the losses, Phil. The I
2: was the guy who years ago said, and again, this guy's not great, but he was great in the outfield. Jackie Bradley Jr. Get a guy like that who at least can go get the ball. And they finally and did. They list,
1: and, and they finally listened. And They're guess what like, happened? You know what? I, I'm behind, I'm behind one of my, my Judd podcast. You know, yeah. so, I can only run so, so many damn out. teams Hopefully, in this town, okay?
2: Fortunately, you got the Wolves. You're doing great work with the Wolves.
1: Uh, yeah, Flagrant House is going to be uh, very celebratory again here. And people are like, oh, yeah, just maybe you guys should just calm down until we get to the playoff. No, no. if you're a Timberwolves <laughs> fan. If,
2: are you kidding?
1: No. Kyle? Not calm down Kyle's, not,
2: Kyle's unbelievable on Twitter. He's the greatest.
1: The, the
0: Iowa sportsbook at the FanDuel at Diamond no. Joes was erupting in the fourth. That was yeah. the main attraction. While there Good. was a pretty prominent college football game going on, like that that was the attention of the sportsbook oh, yeah. was the end of that Wolves, Wolves-Charlotte game on Saturday.
1: Yeah, We'll hit you with a a little Monday flagrant howls later today. So next category for you guys here in terms of hot stove speculation. Could the Twins trade for a relatively high-end arm? So it's been all crickets on the free agency front for the financial reasons we mentioned. Bobby Nightingale from the Star Tribune, Twins beat writer, cautions the Twins are far from alone in their goal of trading for a front-end rotation piece this offseason. While each of Corbin Burns, Dylan Cease, Shane Bieber, and Tyler Glass now have seen their names floated on the rumor mill so far this offseason, even more teams than those four names have been floated as potential suitors. The Dodgers, the Braves, Cubs, Reds, Padres, Mets, Red Sox, Cardinals, (laughs) and Twins are all among the clubs who've been connected to at least one of those aforementioned available arms. It's unclear if the Twins will be willing to outbid that crowded field to replace Sonny Gray at the top of their rotation alongside Pablo Lopez. Feels like more cautioning here, doesn't it? It feels like you've got plugged in beat writers who are kind of putting up their hands and and saying, "Hold, hold on, everyone. Everyone, just so you know, I know that you want Corbin Burns. I know you want Tyler Glass now, but there's 53 other teams in the mix looking to trade for these guys. Um, and then we had this weird report from a Cardinals beat writer, MLB.com. I'm just going to read you this. Super weird. What the Cardinals are likely still pondering is what to do with lefty starter Stephen Matz, who saw his second straight season in St. Louis marred by injuries. Following a rocky start and a bullpen demotion, Matz pitched well over a seven-start stretch before injuries hit again. Could the Cardinals flip this relatively modest $11 million annual salary? To the cost-cutting raise for like Tyler Glass now, or the White Sox maybe for Dylan Cease, or maybe the Twins for longtime St. Louis target Pablo Lopez, they wouldn't. This is crap, dare right? Dump Pablo Lopez's no. contract, would they? Oh my god! If, if would they?
2: Okay, first of all, I'd like to say that I think this is BS. All right, but if they did this,
1: they'd be crucified.
2: We riot, yeah. We riot right now. Yeah. There's no, I don't. I agree. I agree. I agree. They're
1: planning or no, thinking,
2: right? I agree with you completely. And it's weird. It was just one report, and I don't even know. Uh, and, and it sounds like the Cardinals, not surprisingly, have liked Lopez for a long time. So it makes sense that you know, hey, we're shopping this guy. So I think he picked the name. He just picked the name as opposed to being credible with this report, but. Oh my God, this would take it to another level.
1: Yeah, this kind of feels like something where you would, maybe you were, I I don't know, I don't want to criticize this writer's process here, but does he know that Lopez just signed a contract extension or is he still working off the premise that, oh, the twins traded for two years of Lopez when they made the Arise trade? But I guess it had not entered my consciousness that they would let Sonny Gray go and then also potentially trade and, and why would you sign that it's like you yeah, saw you the would. tv thing on the horizon right yeah, it wasn't you like would. you were oh my god we get to the end of the season what, what so wait our tv deal is expired what's happening so on the on the first part of this the corbin burns dylan sees shane bieber tyler glass now i mean those are the main seemingly available arms that are out there to be traded for um Cease is a tough one because that's in the division and the White Sox are going to like you're going to get taxed. I don't think they want to deal with And they're going to get a
2: lot from anyone for Dylan
1: Cease. Bieber is also within the division. Yeah. So glass now. One year, twenty five million dollars. I just I mean, you just said goodbye to Sonny Gray. So it it would feel like of this group, Corbin Burns is the most likely because it's it's National League. It's one year, so you you wouldn't have to be you know probably giving up too much in a trade for him. But right. I don't know, man. Like if they if they don't if they're not in on the top free agents, and if they don't trade for one of these arms, it's getting harder to see a path to just replacing Sunny Gray one for one. Right? That's that's the probably the biggest elephant in the room well, right now for this Twins pitching staff.
2: I think we have to be prepared for the, the explanation is it's going to be Chris Paddock. I think we have to be prepared for that. I don't like it. And Chris, and, and I think Chris Paddock can be good, but yeah. I just I just don't
1: see a world where he's throwing 185 exactly. innings. You know, he won't
2: exactly. So we're no one is saying that Paddock is going to come back and be terrible, but I don't think that, I don't think even the biggest uh, Kool Aid drinking Twins optimist can say that that he is going to uh, step in and replace the Bulldog effort and innings that Gray gave you but i do think we need to be prepared for this i think we need to prepare our, ourselves and if i'm right we can rip them for sure so i'm not saying we can't but i think we need to be prepared for the fact that this team was serious about cutting payroll and that what we're going to see is a very um how can i put this nicely very milk toast approach to what they're going to do to replace guys
0: yeah, unless they really trade for one of these starters. And I saw even, I know John Morosi had the report yesterday that, that Kepler could be a fit with Seattle kind of moving and shaking some of their players. Ken Rosenthal also on a Monday morning threw out the idea of Brian Wu or Bryce Miller also in that Mariners rotation who could be options that could be traded uh, this winter as well. So Seattle's kind of in this weird spot where they're clearly dumping some players, but they're also still acquiring, like they're they're in potentially on Randy or Arena, which is one of the best players in baseball too, sneakily. Yeah. So um, if they can get a legit, if they can trade, which I think that's going to be it, unless Corbin Burns is the one-year option, it kind of stinks because if the Twins didn't have this TV issue where they publicly said that they're not going to, they're going to cut their payroll and they're not going to have this additional money, Glass now makes a ton of sense. Like in a, if, they're, if they didn't lose this TV revenue, I would... Be putting a lot of eggs in the basket. The Twins we're going to go after someone like Tyler Glass now, but because you're cutting your payroll, I don't know yeah. if the figures really make that much sense.
1: You know, another thing, just before, like if if we get through the next couple months and they and they haven't done something meaningful to replace Sonny Gray outside of Paddock, I will also caution and say you've got the trade deadline too. Starting the season, okay, let's see how Paddock looks. It's not a great division. The Tigers are are probably going to be better, and, and the Guardians are always competitive. We'll see what the White Sox churn out, especially if they're trading guys like Dylan Cease. Like I don't know what what their plan is for next year, but I don't think you need to come out gangbusters and start you know twenty and eight to make sure that you're in. The, like you're going to be in this division almost certainly if you can just kind of stay around five hundred. Like if if you start poorly and you're like five hundred, there will be opportunities to trade for pitchers at the deadline. So that's the one thing about the winter meetings here and you get everyone together and like Dodgers, Braves, Cubs, like everyone needs a starting pitcher right now. Once you get to the trade deadline, a lot of teams still need starting pitching, but you're not in a bidding war with eight teams for like two starters in the musical chairs game. So Mm -hmm. it's not this isn't their only chance to add pitching, but. It would be tough for fans to walk into Target Field on day one and be like, "All right, here we go, Chris Uh This team, let's build off what we did last year." And uh, oh, the payroll's down thirty million dollars, and Sonny Gray is pitching for a different team, and et cetera, right?
2: I guess what I don't get to is, is this though, from a business standpoint, if you're going to leave Bally's, and it sounds like they're like talking about a one-year deal with Bally, which I think is be a terrible idea, but if you're going to leave Bally and as Corey provis said in in his introductory press conference as the TV guy that the blackouts are going to be go away. So now like all fans can stream games, which is awesome and watch them. I think you got to be careful about how much excitement you're willing to lose. Like I, like I know that your TV revenues are going to go down and crater a bit for at least a year or two years. But that being said, if you're, Model is hey let's get people to subscribe watch Twins baseball get them excited. You can't really turn around and say you're excited, but we just cut you know thirty million dollars in payroll. So like there has to be a give and take here of common sense because that product if if they stream their own games is going to be theirs. Like it doesn't make sense for them then to kill expectations because then you're going to have a lot of people who say well screw them I'm not going to pay. The going rate, what twenty bucks a month, twenty five bucks a month, so there has to be like a business strategy here as well. If you're going to try to engage fans to buy your product to stream it, that doesn't say, well, we're sort of quitting a little bit, but you should watch us.
1: Yeah, I, let's go down the broadcast path here too. Um, I love, I love the fact that Provis has been announced because we haven't done a twin show since that announcement late last week. I think this is a very pro-Cory Provis show here, the Scornar Twin show, and we'll get him on at some point here, maybe in the next couple of weeks to to uh, chop it up. I also love what he said about the lack of blackouts or blackouts going away. That's been baseball's, one of their biggest marketing problems, I feel like, of all the things we talk about, pace of play, and you know, you got some of these, the top players in baseball are not household names like they would have been 20, 30, 40 years ago, and they, so they have marketing problems. But part of their marketing problem is, it's really hard to watch local games on a modern device. You know, like if last season, for instance, I am a YouTube TV. So for my cable package or whatever, it's YouTube TV. But then I've got phone, computer, like I've got all these different screens I could easily lean on. But I can't watch through the Bally's app. Not shockingly, not because the Bally's app was non functional, which has been the problem for Timberwolves and Wild fans. They won't let you just pay a subscription online. You have to either watch through. Comcast, Xfinity, or DirecTV. And so there, you know, Dave St. Peter comes out, and I I think it was him that was quoted like a month ago saying, We feel like we're only reaching maybe a quarter of Twins fans in Twins territory with just how media has evolved faster than our, you know, the contracts that we've signed. So just let me, if I'm out to eat on a Tuesday in the summertime, if I'm at, you know, if you're a parent, you're at your kid's baseball game or whatever, you're bouncing around, there's 162 games, let me watch a game out and about on my phone, right? You know, don't, don't try to dictate where and how I watch your product. So if they can just make twins games widely accessible and all baseball games, be the most available sport to watch. The NFL is the most sit down and carve out a time. Like this is appointment viewing sport to watch. Baseball just needs to be background noise whenever you want it, right? Let me just pop it up on my phone, on my tablet and make it super easy. So I I do love what I'm hearing. Provis and lack of blackout. And, I mean,
0: ESPN Plus has been great for hockey for that. Like, hockey fans get all these hockey games just at their disposal for for the five dollars a month or whatever it is. I have the bundle mm-hmm. with Disney, so um, it's it's included in that bundle. But that's phenomenal for Twins fans or uh, for NHL fans that get to watch all these hockey games at their disposal. I know Judd and I love it. And for the for the for baseball and for the Twins, you know, it's just them. I think trying to get better ways you yeah to get their fans more engaged and more available to, available to them. Like, I have my means to watch games. I have a Chromebook that sits. Plugged into my television. It doesn't move. It doesn't go anywhere else. It stands right there. And that's where I watch all my games. But I will gladly pay for a working $20 a month service that provides all of that. And if baseball wants to, you know, just have a traditional broadcast game, if they want to have something on the side like we've seen from ESPN doing with, you know, Manning Cast and other things, I think that would be cool too. Like there's a there's a few different paths I think baseball can do to get their fans much more engaged.
2: And I think the thing, too, is so if the Twins do indeed go back to Valley Sports North for what I think is basically going to be the last year of their existence. Now, even if they lift the streaming things, if they're streaming through Valley, we're still going to have the same problems. Like this is a continuing problem. They're bankrupt. They don't have the infrastructure staff to fix this. Okay, so one, that's a bad move. So let's say that they adopt what the Diamondbacks and Padres have done, which is go at it their own with the infrastructure help coming from MLB. Yeah. Well, then that is that's baseball and the Twins are going to. It's basically a direct to consumer product, right? So the the ballys are gone. It's going to be it's going to be a direct to you from them. And that's my point about the payroll, though, because then you've got to be careful. Like like you you had a stadium for that um, Toronto both those. Toronto playoff games filled with like young baseball fans who got, you know, cheaper tickets because those games weren't sellouts and absolutely loved it. So there's a very good chance that you created some baseball fans lifting the blackouts is awesome because those are the people who would probably who probably, you know, their parents get cable. They sure as hell don't. But then are you going to come back? when you get off to a bad start or there's no excitement and say, well, just pay the fee and just wait for us to improve again. So like, that's the thing is I'm not saying that they, they have to go out and top their 2023 payroll, but I am saying that there has to be a thought of, okay, how do we harness the excitement? And if that causes us to take some short-term financial hit, can we make that up long-term? Because we're certainly going to have more subscribers. Like that's the question.
1: It sounds to me like Bally's has a problem with their electrical systems shorting out, right? Maybe maybe no. Bally should call our friends at Finch Home Solutions, Judd. That's
2: absolutely true. Absolutely. <makes> Let's see that, man. <makes> oh, thank you very much. Finch Home Solutions. Cody Finch and his team do a fantastic job. In fact, I am looking right now at uh, finchhomesolutions.com website just updated. I'm going to read you guys some of the things that Finch Home Solutions electronically can help you with because it is a wide list of things. Remodels, upgrades uh, to current systems, additional lighting, electrical servicing, storm damage, breakers tripping, flickering lights. The thing is their goal is to ensure that your home's electric systems are functioning safely and efficiently and there's nothing more important than that. Not to mention the fact that Cody and his team Big time Minnesota sports fans. So if you want to jump on board with a score north team, one of the best out there, it is Finch Home Solutions. Again, Finch is where you start. Can even book an appointment there. Finch also Also, uh,
1: if your home, maybe it's the electrical systems are great because you just talked to Finch, but maybe your carpets are dirty. Maybe your home itself mm-hmm. needs to be cleaned thoroughly. That's where ZeroRes comes in. Make sure your home is ready for the holidays. You got family gatherings. I just got an email about a family gathering. Uh, get your house in order. Get it clean. There's no better way to deep clean your house and avoid the DIY cleaning than zero Res, which has a 4.9-star rating out of 5 on Google with over 17,000 reviews. Call ZeroRes today and ask for the Phil Mackey or Score North special, which is three rooms, zero resified, starting at just $129. And this month, $75 off when you get your air ducts cleaned as well. That's 9520RES or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Say you want the Phil Mackey or Scornorth special. Spell it forwards or backwards. It spells the same. Zero Res. Reckless speculation. Okay, back to the hot stove here, boys. Just kind of going more of a league-wide look. The latest on Shohei Otani via MLB Trade Rumors. The numbers continue to escalate for Otani, according to John Heyman of the New York Post, who says Otani is believed to already have received multiple bids well north of a half billion dollars, and some speculate he could even wind up as baseball's first $600 million player. Hmm. The known suitors are the Angels, Dodgers, Blue Jays, Giants, and Cubs, and the teams that recently took themselves out of the running, or maybe were told that they are out of the running. Red Sox, Rangers, and Mets. MLB Network's John Morosi hears from a source that Otani is likely to make his choice within the week. So let's say it's Angels going back to the Angels or going to the Dodgers, Blue Jays, Giants, or Cubs. Where do you want to see Shohei Otani play baseball?
2: I think it'd be fun to see him with the Cubs. Um, But I'm very torn, and he's a great player, on his real worth based on the the fact that he's had, what, elbow-slash-Tommy-John type of surgery twice now? And, you know, the pitching thing at some point in time here, it's going to get a bit dicey. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be fun with the Cubs. That's my personal opinion. But I I also am biased because I I grew up as a WGN kid watching Cubs games on cable. But that price tag would make me nervous. Now, and I know that that he would draw fans for sure and so you'd get some of that back just from the publicity and ticket sales and TV blah blah blah. Um Cubs is my choice. This is one where it make the price tag definitely makes me nervous.
0: I mean, yeah, I even saw the Braves are interested. Like there's <laughs> there's a lot of good contenders that could that could land him. I mean, he's going to command one of the biggest deals of all time. He's a two-way superstar player. He's been able to do things that no one's ever seen being able to be done like 100 plus years in baseball and guys used to pitch and hit. Um, if you're asking me to like, would I sign up for this? Because I do think he's the best player in baseball. I, I wouldn't be completely out on it. Like if there was 500 million dollars to throw around. Hell yeah. Give me oh, Shohei Otani.
1: Your hot take is that you wouldn't be out on signing Shohei Ohtani. I think there's
0: a lot of teams that are against giving someone 500 million dollars. I think there are some pauses there for sure.
1: And I mean, I would, yeah. Own, own owners, yeah. of course. Yeah. Like he would be awesome on the twins. And like I wouldn't care as much about the art. Like if he can pitch for a few years. Great. Because, you know, you're going to take a bath on the back end of this contract, like every yeah. other contract. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. that Makes me nervous, too.
1: I go Cubs, too. I think Cubs would be a blast. Yeah. Put him in Wrigley Field. The Dodgers would be the buzzkill <laughs> if he just goes from the Angels to the Dodgers and stays in LA and, like, okay, the, cool. The Dodgers just got another really expensive, awesome player. Like, yeah.
2: Well, and hold on that. And full disclosure, too, at 54, I don't stay up for West Coast games now. I gotta go go bed. <laughs> right. Like, selfishly like, put him in the Midwest. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I've always wanted Mike Trout, East Coast, Midwest, right? Like, it's not as much fun. I'm sorry, but I do not stay up. I I used to, but I don't see, hey, it's the Dodgers-Padres coming up a a second game, you know, tonight. That's like, I got to go to bed, folks.
1: If if he doesn't, and he's probably not going back to the Angels, but the Angels are still technically in the mix. If he doesn't go back to the Angels, I think there's a good chance that the Angels start shopping Mike Trout.
2: Oh, I agree. In fact, I, I have that as a write that down from a day that you were out. I agree with you completely. And part of that is, one, you know, the Angels wanted to trade, their GM wanted to trade Otani two years ago now, and their owner went ballistic. He's like, we're not trading him. He's the greatest player. But can you imagine the return? And I think that there's a case to be made that if you're going to lose Otani, it makes sense to try and get a really nice package for Trout. The problem is Trout's contract is sticker shock as well. So you're going to have it. I'm not saying across the board you can't trade him, but it would be, again, a very exclusive club, probably, of bidders.
1: Yeah. Uh, another interesting story from last night. So the Mariners just pulled a weird trade with the Braves. They uh, they traded Jared Kelnick, who was once their top prospect. He's an outfielder who finally had like a pretty decent season in the big leagues last year. And then they also included Marco Gonzalez uh pitcher and then first baseman Evan White, and it by all accounts, it's kind of a salary dumping trade by the Mariners, yep, and there's some speculation they might be clearing the way for a Juan Soto trade. The Mariners always have like they're a sneak they're a mid market but sneaky aggressive team that splashes around you know Adrian Beltre and Robinson Cano even going back to some i mean Ichiro right just go way back in the day, so we'll see what the Mariners are up to. And then uh, one more note for you here on high-end pitchers available via trade. So John Morosi of MLB Network says Dylan Cease is uh, his market is robust, noting that the Dodgers, Braves, and Orioles, among other teams, are involved in trade talks with the White Sox. Also, the Mets and Cardinals have been linked. And then uh, Tyler Glass now generating a great deal of interest, according to John Heyman. It shouldn't come as a surprise that plenty of teams would love to have this right-hander in their rotation. It is noteworthy he's drawing so much interest so soon. His $25 million salary for the 2024 season is much more than Cease or Shane Bieber, who's also on this list, will earn in arbitration. So uh, the market moving on Dylan Cease and Tyler Glass now.
2: And Dex. Dexter- Didn't you send us a rumor last night about Kepler possibly being on the radar for the Mariners?
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Morosi had that as well, that that Kepler could be an ideal target for them, I think is what he threw out, kind of educated speculation. And then, yeah, the Rosenthal report that came out like literally 20 minutes ago, kind of in the middle of this podcast on Monday morning, said that Ryan Wu is also one of the guys, and I believe Bryce Miller. Uh, So a couple of controllable starters. We've also thrown out Logan Gilbert, too. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of options that are potentially Mm -hmm. on the table there for, for Seattle to sell. Yeah.
2: Sell
1: high on Kepler.
2: If I can get a starter who I like for Kepler, I am saying yes and hand up the phone.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Thanks okay. for the the hot three month stretch oh, there. It's great. At the yeah. End of the season after two years. <laughs> you of redeemed the your value,
2: Max. You <laughs> your value came back.
1: Yeah. So so there's there's the roundup, and we're going to hit you with multiple episodes of the Scornar Twin Show this week. So we'll keep an eye on on um, what's happening or what's not happening because right now they've been one of the more quiet teams. If you take all the playoff teams from last year, they're probably the quietest so far in terms of reports and rumors and speculation. So. But without further ado, gentlemen, the Minnesota Twins are on the immaculate grid today, and we will try to conquer it. We're looking to go nine for nine, and when the Twins are on the grid, we're looking to go low on the rarity score. Interesting here. We got two non-team categories for Judd. So we're looking for a twin who was a pirate, a twin with 200 career wins as a pitcher. And that doesn't mean all 200 with the twins. It just means a 200 win pitcher that was a twin or like a, a senator, s-
2: like a Steve Carlton.
1: Could be a Steve Carlton. He had 300 wins, I yep. believe. Yep. Uh, a twin who was an all star. We're looking for a Blue Jay who was a pirate. A lot of crossover there, too, I feel like. Or at least there's some interesting names. Uh, A Blue Jay who was a 200-win pitcher and a Blue Jay All-Star. And then a Red Pirate, a Red with 200 career wins, and then a Red who was an All-Star. Where do you guys want to start?
0: Let's talk about the Twins Pirates options here. Okay. Got my trusty pen here. All right. Uh, So many.
2: So many options. Two first basemen. You got Dougie Baseball playing there. Yep, morning, no.
1: Dougie. Gar- uh, Garrett Jones, Third? Uh, Garrett, Jones. that's good. Oh God, power! Oh, little Jones. power from Garrett
2: Jones. Oh, dude. that's a great pull.
1: Uh, uh, Pat Mears, Pat Mears, shortstop. Yep.
0: Kevin Correa. Yep. Uh, Matt Caps, I believe, also had a
1: stop. Yep. With the Pirates. And I think it was 2011 or 2012. Obscure reliever alert. Oh God. From the Mackey beat riding days. Do you guys remember Phil Dumatre?
0: Yeah.
1: Yes.
2: You pitched for the pirates? He's
1: kind of a soft tossing <laughs> righty. He was yes. a he was a pirate before he was a twin. They acquired him, I believe, mm. from off waivers from the pirates or in some small trade with the pirates. Not
2: to be confused with Ryan Domit. Ryan Domet, Ryan who Domit. Was Ryan Domet. Who had the wild yep.
1: eyes. Yep.
0: Liriano. Although we could use Liriano for pirates and uh blue jays.
2: Yeah, Dumatre is Yeah, we could. Then. Dumatre again, I bet that's going to be 0.01%, right? Uh, we, yeah, I mean. I mean, that's
1: going to be the whenever most.
2: Whenever we have an, an obscure reliever yeah, from the
1: early 2010s, it's an
2: advantage. It's hard to beat that.
1: All right. Phil Dumatre. Nice. 0. 0, 0, 0.007. Oh. Yep. Oh, God, <laughs> Look great. at that.
2: Look at that face. He's great, just man. happy. He, he so happy to be on the grid right now.
0: That might be one of our <laughs> lowest scores ever. Let's go. Tile. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay,
1: two hundred. You want to two hundred win pitchers? You want to do all, all stars? I mean, yeah.
0: Let's 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 start with let's just go down the grid. Let's let's do wins. Okay. Um, so another. Walter
1: Johnson. Probably Walter high. Walter Johnson.
0: He's probably really high. Uh, Senator Bartolo Colon.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say a Steve Colon, Carlton, sure. Bartolo Colon, guys who are obvious but not obvious twins, are probably the best. Like Bert's
1: gonna be um, hot, real high. Who? Uh, which? Necro, was it Joe? Joe Negro was the yep. nail filing guy, right? Yep. I mean, Joe, he was Joe Negro. Pitched for twenty two years. Yeah, be good one. Twenty.
0: Joe Negro, mm-hmm. Negro Cologne Carlton. I think. I mean, those are three solid names. Cologne might be the highest just because he's recent, but also I don't know if people outside of Twins fans really remember that.
2: Yeah. I feel like Carlton's high because it's like 87. He was horse dung, and I don't think anyone remembers him as a twin. Okay. Aside from a few twins fans. Probably Necro or. Did Carlton? Necro get to. He, he pitched. I don't know what his. Both, both Necros were like. Phil got the Negroes The 300. combined
1: for like 500 wins. Yeah, Phil okay. was at 300. And both. when you pitch in the majors for. Tw- this is the thing. Pretty much any pitcher that pitched in the majors is a starter games. for 20 years, which another name who pitched as a starter into his 40s, -hmm. Kenny Rogers.
0: Ooh, Kenny Rogers.
1: Mm -hmm. The gambling man. And Kenny Rogers was like an all-star caliber pitcher for multiple years with Texas. Yeah. And Detroit, too, didn't he? Wasn't he like in their World Series rotation? Yeah, he
0: was. Oh, six. He was, yeah.
1: And he made a a brief, what, two-year stop with the Twins. but So Steve Carlton and Jack Morris, but he's probably going to be... He'll be high. Yeah, he'll be high. Too. He's remembered as a I player. feel like Cologne... Ah, man, Cologne's... You think it's too high? I think he's too, like, mainstream. Almost. Yeah, right. Well, like, and... every team that had him remembers him. And I was going to yeah. say, he
2: sort of stood out Yeah. as a twin. Mm-hmm. Right. Big sexy.
1: Yeah. So Carlton did not stand out as a twin. Joe Necro did, but for nail file reasons... I'm pretty confident on Kenny Rogers. I, I wouldn't. I don't think he got to 300, but getting to 200 wins, no, he In the three. majors for like 18 or 20 years, you literally have to average like nine or ten wins a year for. Yep.
0: Kenny, we pull it.
1: What do you guys think, Kenny, or Steve Carlton? Hmm, it's probably pretty close for a rarity score.
0: I feel like Carlton because. With I know Kenny Rogers pitched in the nineties too, but like Carlton would pitch in the eighties and, and into the earlier nineties, right? Like pitches were getting a lot more wins back then.
2: Oh yeah, he's he's uh he's in the uh three hundred win club. I just don't know oh, like I'm trying to think of twins who are identified. Yeah.
1: are you yo oh, yeah. There's no debate. Steve Carlton had three hundred plus wins. Well, yeah. That's not. That would not be the debate. The
2: question is: Is Kenny Rogers or Steve Carlton remembered less as a twin?
1: <laughs> right. Who's the more obscure answer here? Or Joe Negro? I think. Ugh.
2: I feel like Joe Negro would probably be higher just because of the the nail file thing. Okay.
0: Kenny. I mean, yeah, it was
1: only sure. one year, right? It was. Ran. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. Here we go. Three. Moment of truth. Right. Here we go. Right, it's gonna be low. 0. 0.7. There 0. it is. 7.
2: All right. Let's go.
1: Okay. All stars. This is always a fun one, this is a good one. That Ron Ron Coomer's name comes up and then it's funny, he's almost become like the anti he's the obvious example right. of an obscure all-star. Correct. So uh Kurt Suzuki, Kurt he Suzuki. Caught Glenn, is good. Glenn he caught Glenn Perkins of Final Kinsler of yeah. Target Field. On. Perkins. Perkins.
0: Uh we've used Bryant Brandon Kinsler, which was a, which was a good one. Um you know, didn't like a year and this is where again recency I don't think people like remember
1: Taylor Rogers made an All Star game. We've done this exercise before because I'm getting major deja vu. Okay, mm-hmm. because I remember on I because we threw out all these names, and then I threw out Tim Laudner. Oh, lots. Even though he wasn't a really good player, but Tim, I was pretty sure Tim Laudner. And then we we looked it up after, and in Tim Cincinnati. Laudner was an All Star in '88. Yep, in yep. Cincinnati. Lots. So we we know that Tim Laudner is like a bar that we can. Set for this, if we want, because he mm-hmm. he was an all star in 1988.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other bad twins teams. Smalley in '79, but I think Ladner's more under the radar than Smalley.
1: Christian Guzman, the year he had 20 triples, it was incredible. Was an all star. Because it was like that was the era where it was like Arod and Tejada and Garcia Parra and all these dudes and Christian Guzman
2: or Laudner? Lods. 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 I don't think he's an obvious choice at all, so. All right. Point three.
1: Point three. There it
2: is. Oh,
1: oh, oh,
0: oh.
2: There it is. Yeah, he played uh, He played for TK in the game in Cincinnati in 88. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, should we, we should probably pick up the pace later. Yeah. We're to get to Booney. But yep. uh, hold on. So Pirate, Blue Jay, Liriano. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. the one? Should we go Liriano here? I yeah. think so. Come on. Be low. Be low. 4%. That's not bad.
2: He's not terrible. 200 career wins.
0: Uh, You know who had a stop there? He's not remembered as a Blue Jay, but Mark Burley.
1: Yeah, he he actually... actually, So I remember writing an article in... It was like 2011 or 12, somewhere in there. The Twins needed starting pitching help. And I remember writing an article. Burley was a free agent. And uh, I had heard from... A source at the time that Burley was open to playing for the Twins but the Twins like couldn't afford whatever he was asking for so he wound up going to the Blue Jays to finish his career for like four years uh, the Blue the Blue Jays have had a lot of Clemens
2: guys. played there, Cone played there, David yep. Cone played there,
1: Clemens will be very high Yeah, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Key did pa- Pat Henkin and Jimmy Key get to 200?
2: That I don't know, Dave Steeb was their ace when I was a kid but I don't know he got to 200
1: David Wells for sure. David Wells. Wells might have been closer to a 300 win guy. Wells could be good. All so, right. so sorry. We named okay. Burley, Clemens,
2: Steve, Cone, Key. I'm not sure on Steve. That's what I'm saying. Jack like Morris,
1: like Jack Morris.
2: Those guys, I'm not sure on. Yeah, I'm mean, being. Yes, he got to 200 for sure.
1: Jack Jack fits a bunch of these actually. Um. Dude, yeah. I I think Burley's a good one, man. Really? Burley, because it's he's he's remembered as a White Sock. Yeah, perfect. Da- David Wells would be. Did
0: Bur- did I think Todd, a lot of Blue
1: Jays fans did, would probably say David did Wells. David
0: Wells play for the Reds.
1: So we could it'd be good.
0: We could use that. <sighs>
2: played for the Yankees. Played for the Blue Jays. Like played for the Padres. Yeah, he was I don't on. remember him as a Red. Yeah, I
1: think I don't know. He might have
2: played for the Reds. I don't, I don't remember him he's as
1: the the a Reds. Cincinnati Red. Uh, Mark, come on. be low be low on Burley. These are tough. Three. Three
2: percent. That's good. Okay, an
1: all-star oh, Blue man. Jay. Um, Alfredo There's Griffin. There's like, Devon White. You oh. know, we just... Na- I mean, the pitchers we just named all would work. John what Olerud,
2: Alfredo Griffin.
1: George Bell from yep. the 80s. back of the day. Yep.
2: A lot Joe of good Carter,
1: Blue- George Bell. A lot
2: of good Blue Jays. Yeah, I feel Joe Carter would be high... Devon White probably wouldn't be too high.
1: I'm pretty sure Devon White was an All Star. Pretty sure.
2: I don't know that at this Wasn't point. was George time,
1: Bell an All Star for the for like three teams? He was he was an All Star for the Blue Jays, for the White Sox. Cubs. I saw him getting ejected from a White Sox game yeah. when I was a kid. He was a hothead. Threw his helmet at like an umpire or something.
2: Yeah, he got mad. All right, so we got some good choices here. Um, oh, who who was there? Uh, who was A closer, Tom uh, Hanky. Oh, Tom Henke. He's got to be an all-star, right? Oh.
0: Mm. T- did Ted Lilly make an all-star game? with? Oh, I love
2: Ted Lilly. Former Cobb. Probably. Yeah. He was a really good pitcher.
0: All right.
1: I'd love me some Ted Lilly. Got to pull of sugar here or something. Yep. I would say... Uh, Who's we pick? Any of these? Let's go back. Let's, well, Steve's going to be almost too obvious. Let's go, uh, let's go either um, Pat Henken or Jimmy Key. I'm not sure if those guys won 200. Which is why we went burly, but those guys were definitely
2: Pat Hank and I owned a couple times in my rotisserie. guys, league. right? Great years.
0: Point eight. Nice. Point eight. <laughs> nice, Pat. All right, Hank. I, uh, I think this guy would be great. Uh, Zach Duke played for both these teams. Former mm. Twins reliever too. Mm. Zach Duke. He he was Hold he on. actually was a starter with the Pirates because I had him in fancy baseball like nice. thirteen years ago. Dave I Parker, but okay. yes. That, that I, can go good. More,
1: I can go more obscure, I think, with another former Twins really? pitcher. Do you remember the, the Twins had in like ninety? It was like 97, 99 like that dark period right before the the contraction Twins. And they had a, I think the Twin, I can't remember if the Twins drafted this pitcher or if he bounced here, but they had a guy named Mike Lincoln, who then went on to pitch yeah, for both I'm, the Reds and the Pirates. I remember Mike Lincoln. And got shelled everywhere almost that he went, Mike Lincoln.
2: Between those two. I can remember
1: Burt Blylevin and Dick Bramer talking about, Mike Lincoln, a prospect. <clears throat> um, Hold on.
2: That's really rare. Both of those Both guys those are going to be rare. super it's, it's rare. You're not going no to have a problem.
1: Pick. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you guys think. I, I feel like there's another, like, there's some twin connections. Well, John Smiley was the other guy I would. Yeah, but that's he's going to he's, be, he's probably that's he's gonna like be way All-Star. higher
2: Yeah, than, than two flappies. Mike
0: Ka. Lincoln,
2: do it. Sure, it's gonna be super Mike low. Lincoln. There's no way Come it's not super Mike rare. 0.05, yep. 0.05. Let's are...
0: go. Oh my god. All
1: right. Okay. Here's one for 200 win Reds. Do not ask me how I know this. Okay. But did you guys used to follow in the early days of Twitter? Did you guys used to follow the old Hoss uh old Hoss Radborn Twitter account? I did not. I don't know. What I don't that remember is. it. It was like the General Andrew Luck account oh, on football. Dearest mother. But Old Haas Radburn was one of the first like oh, viral players. meme Twitter accounts back. He was in the 1800s. He pitched in like the 1880s and 1890s. Sure. He once won, I believe, 60 games in one season and pitched like 500 innings. I mean, this is back and like back in the day. Hey, Cy
2: Young, I, yeah.
1: yeah, He pitched Florida. for both the Red Sox and the Reds in his career. Okay. And his name is Old Hoss Radburn. Now, if there's other names here, he's a he's become like a cult favorite it's meme. and the Red lines and baby back in. then. I
2: just want to type this in. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit it, hit I just it. I want to type it
0: in.
1: Let's go.
2: I don't remember this all at right. all. That's hilarious. 2%. Oh, look at
1: how good looking he was. And you, and it's crazy. You said, two. how is 2%? Because if you're like a hardcore baseball fan who's also on Twitter a lot, from, like, 10 years ago, he's... I don't, I don't know if he still exists or not on Twitter, but... I
2: can't believe okay. he lived lo- long enough to adopt a Twitter account. That's
1: great. Good red
0: for red old all-star. All-star.
2: uh Sean Casey. Aaron Boone. 20, Tony Jose Perez. Rio,
0: Aaron Boone. Is it too obvious to say... Because he made it right before he got here. Sonny Gray. <sighs> like, dude, like...
2: Yeah, I feel I, like that I don't, might—
0: I don't think of—but, like, no one thinks of right. Reds players as yeah. Sonny Gray. Like, they think of, uh, you know, Botto and— Paul O'Neill? Phillips and— Paul O'Neill. Wouldn't that be obvious, too? Or how long was he there? Paul O'Neill uh, he...
1: started his career there before he so, went to the Yankees. Yeah, so he that's ready. where,
0: like, think of this from a Reds fan perspective. They're they're picking—like, obvi- obvious. the major
1: ones are going to be obvious ones. Mm-hmm. So Joe Morgan, do they do they think about the? old? That's what I'm saying is is Johnny is newer, Mench, Joe Morgan, well, but like Dave, Pete
2: Rose. But I'm saying with, I think Tony Perez, Dave, Davey Concepcion, like there's a but but I mean, heck, take a shot on Gray. I don't mind that. I don't either. I mean, I'm Not fine it. with it. Yeah,
1: Chris. We we've been trying to use Chris Sable. Oh, as Chris a, red Sabo. For
2: a lot of these. Yeah, his kid left us. We've still, never been so able to pull the Chris Sable trigger. Sonny
0: Gray. Oh my God! It was a thirteen. 13 oh man! He, he was point eight. Point, he eight. Was point eight. Point eight. There oh, you go. Look at this grid.
1: Wow, dude, this is a grid. That's and incredible. Eight of the thirteen oh, was two squares. Beautiful.
2: That's incredible.
1: Oh wow. Oh my. Only so on the two hundred win pitchers, the Blue Jays. What? I thought we named like six Blue Jays. Oh, no, we only only six two hundred win. We named the win sorts. Do we name all of them? We named. Clemens. Well, we might have been over Jack our Morris. skis
2: on some of those.
1: Yeah. Well, we named Clemens, Jack Morris, David Wells, Mark Burley. Yep. That's and true. then we floated. I don't know. Dave we floated Ste- like Jimmy Key, Hentgen. We might yeah. have named every one of the Blue Jays one. Dave Steve. I don't know if he got there or not. But
2: yeah, I'm not sure Hentgen got there.
1: Hold on. He might not have. Hentgen was really good for like I feel like five or six years. I don't feel.
2: Yeah, I don't think he, he had longevity on his side. That's what I was yeah. worried about Steve, too. He pitched for a long time, but I'm not sure he got to. Um, no, Pat Henkin won 131 games. Hmm. So, oh, wow. Glad we didn't guess him for that.
1: Yeah, some of those guys, like, you got to think of like who pitched for like 15 or 20 years for the 200 win guys. Yeah, Dave. Or Ste- if you're old Haas Radburn,
2: old Hoss well, let's look this Dave up. Steve pitched me. for 16 he years. years. He only got 176 wins.
1: So, okay. His name was Charles Radborn. And uh, he was five foot nine, one hundred sixty eight pounds. Born in eighteen fifty four in Rochester, New York. Oh. He's a hall of famer. He's a hall yeah. of famer. His career started with the Providence Grays, and then he went to the Boston Red Sox and the Cincinnati Reds, or whatever they, whatever iteration of the Reds they were called. Was it the Red Legs? Probably back in the yeah uh, the Red Legs late eighteen hundreds. And Old Haas Radburn in eighteen eighty four. He started seventy-five games. He went sixty and twelve with a one-point-three-eight earned run average and pitched six hundred seventy-eight innings with four hundred forty-one strikeouts.
2: Old Haas, rapper. old, old rapper. Haas, old Haas. That's awesome. I don't remember that account.
1: So I had a. It spoke as if you would be like living in the eighteen hundreds, like Derek. Derek G went to Derek Gita's, you know, um, Blackburn whatever, or Blacksmith, you know, whatever. Anyways, it was a relic from the early Twitter days. Very but nice. 13 rarity score. All right, boys, uh, there's your hour long episode of the Scornorth Twin Show here. Please give us a five star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you guys for some more reckless hot stove speculation this week.
2: Reckless speculation.